doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and today we'll be speaking with Brandon Sullivan, who has a form of muscular dystrophy called Charcot-Marie-Tooth, or CMT. According to the Muscular Dystrophy Association, this disease affects approximately 19 out of every 100,000 people. Not only is it rare, but CMT is also genetic. And as you'll hear from Brandon, his brother Brad was also born with this disease. I knew nothing about CMT before recording this podcast. And I learned so much. This is such an interesting, informative conversation that also gives you a really clear picture of what it would be like to live with this disease. So I'm so grateful to Brandon to be able to share this with you today. We are up to 11 five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, Rosie Dell, for the brand new review. And we've also got some five-star ratings on Podcast Republic, which makes me so happy. And a new review from Susan, thank you. Podcast Republic is actually where I listen to podcasts. So if you are um, an Android user, that is my preferred app. I just like the layout. I like the interface. I've been using it for years. So if you leave a rating and review on Podcast Republic, I will see it and I will be very grateful. Speaking of podcast apps, I have heard from a couple people that they don't know how to subscribe to a podcast, or they've never used a podcast app, they're just listening directly on the website, and they want to subscribe. So you can go to majorpainpodcast.com slash subscribe, and there's a whole page that will explain all the different platforms on which the show is currently available and how to subscribe to each. And please keep those positive ratings and reviews coming. It's one of the best ways to help the show, support the show, and to help us reach a new audience. And just to give me some feedback, which really just means the world to me and really helps me to keep going as a creator. It always gives me that extra bit of energy. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you to everyone who has left a positive rating and review. All right, well, let's get into our discussion with Brandon Sullivan about his major pain, Charcot-Marie-Tooth, a form of muscular dystrophy. Brandon Sullivan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited that you're here. Uh, it's so good to catch up. My mom is so excited you're coming on the podcast. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm happy to make her her wishes come true as uh, as evidenced by her Facebook comments. Yes, we we played in a band together back in San Diego over a decade ago, and then you ended up working at the school district where my mom works. So you've like been a friend of the family for a long, long time. I'm trying, you know, next thing I'll just start working for your dad too. And yeah. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I I just gotta, work through. Yeah, that's right. So Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm in San Diego, like you said, and I work at a, at a school district doing it, um, helping kids and teachers and other staff fix anything that uh, is broken, that plugs into the wall. I like to say, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, like you said, uh, we we played music together, so I'm I'm still actively playing music in my free time when I have it. And uh, yeah, it's kind of what I do. Nice. Are you still just playing drums? You play anything else? Just drums. I mean, I would love to be able to play piano, but I want to be able to sit down and play as well as I play drums. And yeah. being that I haven't played piano for twenty plus years, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. Uh, so. So that's uh, my own hurdle that I need to get over. But yeah, uh, you want to like, but, you want to neo that piano. You want to yeah, just like yeah. upload it. You don't yeah. want to put in the work. 
No, no, no. It's yeah. uh yeah, plug a SD card into my head and yeah. make me know know how to do this thing. Yeah, like you've put in the work to learn drums. Right. So unfortunately that doesn't transfer to other instruments. No. Well, especially when it's uh you know, melody based and right. and there's melodic theory involved that I don't know. Right. So Yeah. Well yeah. Someday. Someday, you know, Elon Musk is working this out so we can just right. upload music theory. <laughs> yeah. The the little I know definitely helps when you know playing with other people. Yeah, you know I, when I'm you know guitar players, I know where they are on the fret, fretboard, and I can tell them, oh, do this, do this, or whatever. Sure. But uh, but I couldn't tell you uh, off the top of my head, you know, what uh, what flats are in what particular scale, that yeah. sort of thing. But you're a much yeah. better drummer than they are. So well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. So Brandon, what is your major pain? So I have a form of muscular dystrophy. It's called Charcot-Marie tooth. Nothing to do with the teeth. <laughs> uh, it's uh, named after the three doctors that discovered it. And it's essentially a um, neurological disorder that affects uh, muscle growth uh, in specific areas of the body. So your nerves have a uh, coating around them. It's called a myelin sheath. And it helps to ensure that all the messages that uh, get sent from your brain to your muscles and back and forth um, arrive and arrive, you know, in a complete delivered fashion, so to speak. Uh, the issue with me is that I have parts of that coating that are broken or missing. And so the muscles don't receive uh, the information uh, either at all or, uh, you know, uh, what they're getting is incomplete essentially. So wow. it causes uh, muscle atrophy and um, it kind of man it manifests itself most prominently in my left foot. And uh, for anyone listening, if you can kind of imagine, uh, you know, rolling your ankle when you, when you walk, like if you twist it, like stepping in a hole or something like that, mm -hmm. I, you know, I walk on the outside of my foot uh, completely. So yeah. it's kind of like having a, a permanent, sprain in a way or strain one of the yeah. two we've we haven't talked about this in a long time we have talked about it in the past but i didn't yeah. actually realize that that the the uh the mechanism of what was happening was that your brain wasn't sending the right signals for your leg to develop correctly is that is that am right. i saying that correctly yeah well, well essentially it's just I, I don't know if the messages are correct so to speak <clears throat> but i do know that they're just not being received Oh, you know, okay. So maybe the it, messages are being sent, but just not received by the yeah, leg. When, yeah. I tell people, it's kind of like, imagine you're trying to, you know, water a garden, except you punch a bunch of holes in the hose, like mm. the plants aren't going to get, you know, water at the end. Right. Interesting. It's, it's cause it, wow. all the information gets lost on, on the way. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah. you know, I have, we think I have a neurological condition. We're not sure what right. it is, but I and I don't understand because I don't know what it is. I have no idea what the mechanism is in my body of what's going on, and I didn't even know that this one was possible. <laughs> like what you right. just described, yeah. I didn't even know yeah, that yeah. that was the thing that happens. I, I don't even think about the the fact that the brain is affecting how the muscle is forming, um, and that's fascinating when you think about like the you know the body as a system, like what's causing something to happen in your foot is happening all the way at the top of your head. Yeah, and I don't know how much of muscular dystrophy as a whole is all neurological mm. or <clears throat> if there's um other you know uh causes but oh, okay. at least for for me yeah. that's that's what it is yeah i mean i i obviously have no 
medical training or knowledge. This is why I'm asking the questions because I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't either. Uh, yeah. So my my brother and and my sister in law, however, are both physical therapists, hmm. and my brother also has what I have. So that's kind of been um, or is helpful, you know, in trying to decode what's going on and come up with some sort of uh, action plan to mitigate, you know, symptoms and things like that. So, yeah, uh, everyone has to become an expert in their own body, you yeah, know, especially you, if you have a chronic yeah. condition. Right. Um, and you, and you really have to advocate for yourself as well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So what does it feel like? Is it painful? Uh, quite. So it's hard to describe just because every day is a little bit different. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like this general soreness kind of, like I said, if you imagine like having a permanently sprained ankle that you're kind of walking on all the time. Mm. But um, I, I have pain in specific areas of my foot and ankle, just kind of depending on either how active I was or just maybe some other uh, factors that have are influencing it for whatever reason, you know, part of it is kind of a mystery to me as well. Like why it might hurt in this part one day, this part the other day, but um, generally it's, it's just kind of like having, like I said, just a kind of a permanently damaged um, uh, ankle and foot. And it, it's because, you know, the way that I'm walking is not at all in a sort of neutral position yeah. for how it should work, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So your foot is just always turned out and you right. just can't turn it straight. Yeah. I mean, I, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's weird because I know how to yeah. like, mentally. Yeah. But when I try to do it, I can't do it. Yeah. I feel you. Know you. I, mean? I mean, I totally experienced stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's like, like some days, um, I have trouble walking and I'll send a signal to my feet and it's like, all right, time to get up. Like, let's, right. let's get my legs out of bed and just nothing happens. Right. You know? And then I'm just like, okay, let's try again. I'll try harder and push and push. And like, my legs just won't move other days. No problem at all. Like my legs yeah. just move as normally. And yeah. It, yeah. it's like weird periods. It'll just turn on and off. But I mean, so yours just like goes up and down in severity, but it is always on. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I'm uh, sitting or laying down, I'm not necessarily in pain, Yeah, but uh, you know, as soon as I stand up or I'm walking around, um, even on like the best day, if there is still pain there just because, you know, I'm, I'm stretching these things on, you know, on the outside of my foot and ankle that aren't designed to be stretched that way, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm weight bearing in a way that's not, uh, not how we were designed. Yeah. So I know that you're like a very, even keeled, scientific, logical, intelligent person. Um, <laughs> and you, like, you have a check on your emotions. Like you're, I've never seen you get mad or have an emotional outburst. I've never seen you be upset about anything, I think, in, in the years that we were in a band together. Um, but how, how do you feel about this thing that you have? Well, it's, I mean, obviously it's incredibly frustrating, right? Um, because it's, I guess it's like one of those things like I didn't uh, certainly didn't ask for it or I didn't do anything to cause it, you right. know? Um, and it's just, you know, there are some, sometimes it's like, you know, why, why does it have to be this way? Why can't I be like whatever, whatever. But I also feel like it doesn't really benefit me a whole lot to spend 
like time in that headspace because Absolutely. you know at the end it's like what's solved well nothing like <laughs> yeah i hate myself know, a little more than i did before. <clears throat> right yeah yeah <clears throat> um i don't necessarily need to concentrate on all the things that i can't do um i would rather just kind of like focus on either improving that or things that i do well and putting my time and energy into that mm. but um but yeah, I mean, it's certainly, there's no shortage of like frustration uh, about like knowing that every time I get out of bed, it's going to hurt. Or if I stand up from a chair to walk somewhere, okay, this is going to hurt. Um, I have a very like pronounced gait, you know, how I, how I walk because I'm throwing all my, my weight over to a side, you know, to, to limp, to like mitigate that pain. Right. Right. And so I, you know, um, like I said, I work at a school district and so while I'm walking around schools i know you know kids are very curious uh mm -hmm. which is one of the great things about them and you know i'll see them just watch me and like stare like what the hell's going on over there like this this yeah. isn't right and you know and, and some of them will ask me and and if i know them i'll kind of tell them what's going on but kids that don't know me i just say oh it's a long story and i just kind of keep walking <laughs> you know because it's like yeah. i don't need to tell everybody but not that i have a problem with telling anybody uh, obviously I'm here on yeah. this podcast, Yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it's just kind of like, well, see, here's, here's a, uh, you have a myelin sheath. Like I don't need to, I don't need, <laughs> like, need I'm to in explain this to grade. a third grader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You definitely don't but, owe every third grader an explanation. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I, I don't fault them at all for sure for looking or anybody for, um, wondering what's going on i think that's just natural human curiosity we see something that's different or or maybe not correct that we know should be correct right and we want to know why it's why it's like that yeah and so. i mean that's like you know society has this you know quote unquote like correctness that right. is not real like society tells you what is and isn't correct and right. what is normal, quote unquote normal, but I, you know, just from starting this podcast, I've seen very quickly that most people have something going on in their lives that is outside of the normal. And maybe our definition of normal is super narrow in a damaging way. Um, and, you know, we're all human. We're all, we're all normal and we're all weird in our own ways. And to try to like fit inside of a mold that society tells you is normal um, is really limiting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and kind of like we were, we were speaking to, uh, before we got on the, you know, before we started recording rather <clears throat> the response that you got from just putting this out on social media was, uh, like you said, you were shocked and it was almost, I'm sure like overwhelming. Look how many people are yeah. commenting on this thing. Like is the actual normal maybe that everybody has some sort of problem totally and we just and we just don't know about it you know yeah like look how many people in my life are in pain you know right like right. i i've recorded interviews almost every day um like well every day for like several days in a row because so many people have reached out and said yeah i have something that i want to share and i'm like absolutely i want to right i want i want to share everyone's story because i mean already like my perception of of life has changed because yeah, just yeah. seeing like just reaching into my own Facebook, you know, <laughs> like right. the people yeah. that I've encountered in my life. Um, it's just overwhelming how many people have some sort of major pain in their life. 
it's it, it's on one hand it's like oh my god i'm not alone and i don't have to go through this alone but on the other hand it's like damn what is going on? Like, why is everyone hurting so much? You know, like, I think the myth of our, um, our, uh, like, medical system needs to be broken down a little bit. It's like, it's not that it's not helpful. It's not that it can't help people. It's just that a lot of time, um, it doesn't get to the bottom of, of what's happening for a lot of people. And they just kind of get left in the dust. Um, and that's just so sad. Yeah. So. And I think too, it, you know, kind of speaking to the medical system, it's, incredibly expensive to be oh yeah uh disabled or have any sort of chronic issue <clears throat> excuse me uh and i i think that's just and for so many people through no fault of their own right it's not like you and i like chain smoked four packs a day for years and years or something like that <laughs> um this is just like things that we were born with that were you know freak mutations of copying genetic code over and over and over. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, just the, the amount of like uh, mental, physical stress, but also, you know, economic stress is, is, you know, kind of overwhelming at, at times. I'm, I'm looking into bracing solutions uh, just to try and get my, my whole foot and leg in, in like a neutral stance so that I can walk hopefully normally. Hmm. And I would need uh, one for each leg because it is in my right side as well, just not nearly as uh, dominant as it is in my left. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like a $20,000 expense yeah. out of pocket, not covered by insurance. That's ridiculous. That's, yeah. And, uh, and it's, yeah. And it's just the way it is. It's because it's like, there's a, a guy that specializes in kind of like what I have and making bracing solutions and insurance companies are like, mm, nah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, then what's the point of the, uh, the company, if insurance company, if it's like not there to help or protect you, but yeah, that's a whole other podcast. It (laughs) is. And yeah, I mean, just real briefly, I'll say that when I first left work four and a half years ago, I was on short-term disability when we didn't know what was wrong. And then I was diagnosed with Lyme disease by one doctor. All the other doctors kind of disagreed, but we decided to go down that road because we didn't have any other options. But the insurance company absolutely disagreed and said, you do not have Lyme disease. We think you're ready to go back to work. I was like, what? You've never met me. I can't walk. I can't speak. Like, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? And I lost my disability insurance. Um, I, was, I did not qualify for long-term disability because they disagreed with the diagnosis. If I hadn't have gotten that diagnosis, I might have been able to get long-term disability on a we don't know what's wrong with him diagnosis. Um, but now that I'm trying to apply for national uh, disability, I'm having trouble getting it because I don't have a diagnosis. So there's just all of these like loopholes built into the system to stop these agencies from having to help people or having to um, provide financial assistance because they don't want to. You know, they don't want to have to spend money that they don't have to spend. And our whole system is built on money. So ev- like people just get left behind. So what's the point? It's just ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. It's not in the insurance company's, you know, economic interest to be helping people. Yeah. And it's like, well, then why do you exist? I mean, yeah, they exist so that we can pay them for something that they don't necessarily um, provide a service for. It's a brilliant business model. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, Okay. So you've talked about how your brother has this as well. So is this a genetic condition? Yeah. So this is a, it's a X linked chromosomal uh, issue. So 
Uh, like for example, my, my mom has it, but she's a carrier. She doesn't have any symptoms, mm, Okay. but her brother, my uncle uh, has it and he's got it in both feet, both hands. Um, uh, I believe their uncle, my mom and my uncle's uncle had it as well. And, you know, couldn't button buttons on a shirt, that sort mm. of thing. Um, but it seems to be that as it goes through our family, it gets less severe. Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know if that's it. That is the case or not, but um, at least from what I see, uh, that seems to be the case. And my brother has it, I think, um, less severely than than me. But it's hard to say because uh, I had surgery done when I was a senior in high school, um, and I think the surgery really negatively impacted um, my quality of life. So it's oh really? It's, wow. It's hard to say if like. I would be more like my brother now if I hadn't done it or, or I would be just as bad. You know, there's no way to tell really. Uh, but, yeah. but if, you know, if I see, if I had a choice between how I am and how he is, I would take how he is uh, every day of the week. Yeah. And your brother and I were in band in middle school together. Mm-hmm. Um, before I met you, I actually knew your brother first. Yeah. And um, I never knew that your brother had any, uh, any issues at all until I met you and you told me about it because like yours, you can, you know, as you said, like you can see as you're walking that your, that your leg is not doing what you want it to do. Right. Um, and with your brother, I mean, I haven't seen him in a decade, so I don't know now, but um, he had no visible issues with his gait when I last saw him. Yeah. Part of the reason for that, I, I would think is that what we have doesn't really present itself until adolescence. So mm. I, it wasn't until I was like 15, 16 that we were like, okay, something's not quite right here. Oh, you wow. Know? <clears throat> I know um, my dad recently was talking about how that when we were kids, you know, we were playing sports, he kind of thought maybe something was wrong there because like we'd be running, but we just wouldn't like get anywhere that quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, especially with um, my brother, he, you know, he played baseball and soccer for a number of years. I only played for a few years, but, uh, but he would be, you know, running really hard, but just not be super quick. And um, you couldn't really tell at the time anything was wrong gate wise, but I'm curious if uh, there was something that had to do with it, you know, yeah, why he wasn't able to generate power and, yeah. and build muscle as well. But how's he doing now? Um, uh, doing well, you know, uh, I, I don't know about how his day to day is, but um, you know, we'll talk about uh, kind of like how our, how we're changing, you know, like how things are getting worse. And, you know, he'll, he says, and, and a, a cousin on my mom's side who, uh, who also those two cousins have it, um, you know, just hold, like holding on to stuff is harder. Mm-hmm. Like they'll drop things easier or like they'll be holding a coffee mug and it just kind of slowly droops over time, you know, um, things like that. So, but he's, he's also very interested in this uh, bracing solution. Cause you know, at this point we're like looking at um, long-term sustainability and prevention of like, you know, severe arthritis and, yeah and, and things like that as we get, older yeah so and do you mind sharing how old you are now so i'm 38 closing in on 39 yeah <laughs> um and yeah and uh, yeah i was a senior in high school uh when i had the surgery that i talked about so that was um like january or february of 2000 yeah so it's, so it's been 
you know, over 20 years wow. uh, since then. So you didn't know you had this until you were around 15, you said? I want to say it was like 15 or 16. I don't remember exact the exact age. Uh, my mom could tell you with pinpoint accuracy when it was. Yeah. But, uh, but I remember, you know, getting tested. We would go into, um, it was a children's hospital here in San Diego uh, to get tested. I don't remember. Th- I want to say they took blood and did blood work, but I don't remember the exact results of that. The thing that, that really stays with me or my most vivid memory of that whole time frame was um, I forget the name of the the test, but essentially they put needles into your, into your leg and then they shock them. Like, Oh my God, I've increased. done that. It yeah. sucks. I've done, so the, yeah, I've done that twice. Yeah. Okay. And so they measure your, your nerve response and, and whatnot based yeah. off, you know? And so they're like, okay, we're going to do this one's going to be more, Yeah. Uh, you know, pop. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, let, let's, but, um, but yeah, I remember getting that done. And I think the results from that showing not as, um, as expected what a normal, uh, you know, um, result would be, it was mm-hmm. less, that sort of thing. Um, in addition to other, you know, physical examination factors and stuff, I think is what led to the, the, uh, the CMT diagnosis. Yeah. And then is it, it sounds like it is degenerative over time. Yeah. So it is a, it's a chronic illness. It gets worse as we get older. So I'm, I'm noticing it more um, affecting my hands now too. So kind of like we were just talking about, you know, knowing how to make something move, but not being able to do that. Like for me yeah. now, it's like snapping. Mm. Like I, I can't really snap any no, anymore. I know exactly like how to, like in my head, like, oh yeah, I, need, I just need to move this, you know, my middle finger against my thumb, boom, I'll snap. But like, I try to do it and it's like, it just doesn't, I can't tell my body to, to do it really. Yeah. So, um, and where that's kind of really affecting me more is like, uh, musically, cause you know, mm-hmm. I play drums. And so my, my hand strength, being able to hold the sticks like correctly, like correct technique, that sort of thing and play with like any sort of like uh, sustained power is becoming more difficult as, as time goes on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back when we were in a band together, I knew you were in pain walking and even in pain drumming, but I just, I was amazed. It never affected your sound. You always just sounded great. You know, obviously you're a really good drummer. Um, And you know, it's so scary to know that you have something that is getting worse. And like, I'm, you know, I'm in this position where I might, but I don't know. So I just choose to believe that I don't. <laughs> right, right. Um, but how do you approach, how do you approach that? Like you're living in this body, you have a degenerative disease, um, you're experiencing new symptoms or worsening symptoms. How do you keep yourself afloat mentally? I think that's just really about allocating your time as uh, deliberately as you can. Right. So, you know, I, I'm certainly not saying I'm the best player out there cause I'm not, but I'm good enough to where I can kind of be choosy with projects that I choose to play with. Mm-hmm. And so I'm only going to play in something that I think is either going to be really rewarding for whatever reason, or make me a better player for some reason or uh, producer or whatever, you know, all the kind of uh, areas that I enjoy uh, in music creation. Um, so that I don't feel like I'm wasting my time. Cause I, I do feel it 
view it as like this window that's just kind of like very slowly hmm. closing. And I don't know at what point I won't be able to play with the quality that I sort of demand from myself. Yeah. Because and I'm and I know that you're you're like this too. I think that's probably why we were gravitated to playing with one another. It's like you know, we really hear something in our head and like, we're not going to stop until we get there. Yeah. And if, and if it's going to be a, a situation where like, well, now this wall is built up and I know that I can't get over that wall because, you know, maybe I can't uh, physically play it or, or do whatever, then it's like, well, you know, I don't want to play just to play. Like uh, I want it to be worth something to me. So, yeah. Uh, or of some certain quality level, that sort of thing. So, um, so yeah, so for me, it's like I said, I just want to be really deliberate with, uh, how I allocate my time so that it, it's worth it in the, in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's really wise. And I think, uh, yeah, for me, there's, my approach has been to change gears. Um, which is easier for me because I don't know, in some ways it's easier because I don't know what, what I have, you know, because right. like, I still think that we're going to get that diagnosis and I might be you know, back on my feet. Um, but I, but in the last couple of years, I've started to think about what if I'm not, you know, I really never went there until recently. And that is really tough um, to keep your head out of the future tripping in like a downward spiral. Um, my, my strategy is to stay occupied and to not hold myself to doing what I used to do and to seek out new things that feel good. Um, and this is actually, this podcast has been that for sure. You know, before we started recording, I was telling you like, this has been great. You know, this, we're still within the first week time-wise of me releasing the show as I'm recording this, it's not going to come out for a little while, but, um, I'm just like hearing from so many people recording so many conversations and that's where my energy is going this week. Um, just like wake up, have a good chat. And then if my body crashes after that, then at least I did something with those three hours that was that felt super worthwhile, you know, and super um, like good for not just me, but hopefully for other people and for my guests and for the listeners. Um, and this is brand new, you know, like this is, we're not making music right now. Making music has always been my number one passion. I'm making very little music these days just because it is physically not very pleasurable. And part of making music that I love is the physical pleasure of it. Like, um, you know, when we were playing together, I was singing and playing guitar, but I also play drums and keyboards and synths and, um, I think the thing that is most pleasurable for me physically is drumming because you just feel the music so full body. Um, and I have, you know, electronic drums in my apartment and I play when I can, but there's days where it just feels bad. So I just don't because like, why do the thing you love and have it be miserable? And I, I, it took me a long time to develop this mindset of like, well, it's okay to switch gears. You know, it's okay to do another thing, find new projects, start building a farm in Stardew Valley, you know? <laughs> find other things that bring me joy because getting stuck in one lane can be really difficult if that lane becomes more and more difficult for me personally. Um, And I feel like, you know, adaptability has been really important for me. Is that true for you as well? Yeah. I kind of like we were talking about with, you know, I I would love to be able to sit down and play piano 20 years good. (laughs) <laughs> the issue, the issue there would be like, okay, well now I'm using my hands. And yeah. If my hands are slowly starting to go, I would lose that too. Uh, before I played drums, I played guitar for a couple of years and like I pick up a guitar now and I just, I just can't 
I can't do like chord formations and, you know, yeah. and chord fingerings and stuff because my, I just can't, I, I know them all still. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I watch people play, I know, you know, melodically what they're playing, but, uh, but I can't, my brain can't tell my hand. Oh yeah. This is a, uh, you know, G major, C major or bar chords yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. so but that work still went somewhere positive <clears throat> because you can look at a guitar player and know what he's doing. And that yeah. is still valuable. I mean, it's not the same, obviously. And um, it's all, but you got to make the best with what you've got. And yeah. moving forward in your life, you always just have to, you know, always just make the best decisions for you with the information and the resources that you have, because you, you right. can't get stuck in the, what I can't do, because that is a, that is a, is a loop that can be never ending. And it's and obviously that's like the natural tendency is to get stuck in one of those loops. But in order, like mental health is so important in all of this. And in order to keep your mental health as high as possible, you got to stay out of those loops, which is yeah, where, I you know, just, I mean, have you seen a therapist? Have you, have you needed help with that? You're like such an even keel guy. It's, it's shocking <laughs> to me. Um, like I'm seeing a therapist. Um, is that something that uh, a road that you've gone down? So it, uh, it's funny that you, you bring that up. Cause I was just going to say, I feel incredibly lucky that out of all of, this which you know is very much a like personal struggle uh i i don't feel like i've struggled from on a mental health um uh for, from a mental health perspective hmm. i've like i've never seen a therapist or, or anything like that and i i guess it just kind of goes back to like um like i said earlier that it doesn't really benefit me or i don't necessarily see it as a uh worthwhile endeavor to spend time on feeling poorly about that yeah which is that's a superpower <laughs> i was just <laughs> to gonna be say, able which to know like, that and then act on it like that's, yeah. that's a superpower yeah sure. and i don't i don't mean to imply in any way that anybody that that does go down that road like yeah that they are uh absolutely oh, oh just feel better like that's such absolutely. a absolutely i'm not away. i'm not taking that from what you're saying and yeah, i'm, yeah, I'm yeah, here to represent the people who say like i struggle with that and i have yeah. sought therapy and it has helped. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, having had um, people close to me over the years who have uh, had, you know, uh, I don't want to, well, maybe severe mental health issues. Like I completely empathize with that, uh, with those struggles. And it's certainly very much uh, very real and very under addressed yeah. uh, in our, you know, uh, national healthcare system. And, um, but, but yeah, I, I do feel very fortunate that for whatever reason, um, it just hasn't been something that, that I've yeah. had, had challenges with. And like That's I said, great. it doesn't mean that I, I don't wake up and sometimes I'm like, you know, like, you know, this, everything's bullshit, da, 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 whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, uh, I guess I just try to internalize that, which maybe is not necessarily healthy, but, but it's not, it's my issue. It's not other people's issue. And so I just want to try to, um, you know, tackle that myself, but yeah. which is also not to say that I'm not, that I would push away help or anything like that, but I, yeah. I, I guess it's just, uh, you feel like you got it covered and that's great. I, I try to, at least, I mean, it's yeah. maybe part of it is just convincing yourself that you do. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I certainly don't hold the key or the answer in that respect, but, um, but, and, and also I would say that, uh, you know, if, if you were to have muscular dystrophy, this is the one that you want to have. It's, mm. I, I remember um, going, you know, going to children's hospital in the early days for diagnosis and surgery and all that. And 
you know, I'm walking through the ward and there's kids that are like seven, eight, 10 years old who are, who are bound to a wheelchair and will not walk in their lifetime, you know? And it's, and so for that, I feel fortunate. Like it, yeah. it could, it could be worse, you know? Yeah. And there's all kinds of um, severely debilitating diseases out there yeah. that I could have instead, which are um, just in, incredibly tragic, you know? Yeah. I so, feel so like, in that respect, I feel fortunate. I feel like that mindset um, is something that I hear from people going through things a lot, which is that it really makes you look outside of yourself and see what other people are experiencing and, and yeah. build, build empathy and feel lucky for what you have, whatever it may right. be, which right. is, which is a really good way to be happy with your life because I think a lot of people who don't struggle um, are miserable because they feel like something's missing or they don't appreciate what they have. Um, I mean, I've definitely known people like that. Yeah. And that becomes a struggle. And then conquering that struggle on the other side of that, they will be happier. So it's like you have to struggle somehow to be happy. Like there's no way to just live a perfect life and be fully happy. And if, you were, if you're doing it out there, good for you. You're, you're a unicorn. But in my experience and the people that I've met, that, that doesn't seem to be how it works. It seems to be like the true path to happiness is to have to go through something really terrible and come out the other side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that's, you know, the saying like the highs aren't as high without the low part, I guess. But yeah, but also I think it, it just completely is a perspective shift because it's like, uh, you know, oh, Starbucks got my order wrong, whatever, but you know, not as bad as being disabled. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, so it's, you know, things aren't as bad as maybe one would think not to, I mean, I don't know why that that's the first example that that's a good came to my mind. Yeah. I, I don't even drink coffee, but, but <laughs> I think, I, I think, you know what I mean? Right. Where yeah. it's kind of like, are things actually that bad? You know, it's, yeah. uh, or, or are these situations or minor inconveniences really that bad? Yeah. You know, it could be so much worse, you know? Yeah. And sometimes those minor inconveniences are symptoms of a major inconvenience where like if you've lost a loved one and then Starbucks gets your order wrong, right? that can be awful. Like not to say that that right. can't be horrible, but if your day is going great and that one thing is your inconvenience and you like yell at your barista, right? You're an asshole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the, the lack of empathy. Uh, yeah. Kind of, uh, yeah. Showing itself. Totally. Tell me more about this surgery you had. So you said that you had this surgery in high school and that it didn't go well and that you were right. worse after what was the goal of the surgery? So I had what's called a tendon transfer. So uh, if you imagine there's a, a tendon on the inside of your foot that, uh, well, I, I don't know how medically accurate I'm going to be here, but my, my uh, perception is that it runs from either like your heel to kind of like the ball of your foot or maybe uh, below your, I think it's your malleolus, it's called the, the, the ball at your ankle. But uh, the tendon that runs on the inside of your foot. So they, they took that and they, um, the best way I can describe it is like string cheesed it where oh, they, they, they peeled a piece off Oof. and, and tied that to um, tendons on the top of my foot to try to straighten me out. Okay. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of like they, uh, you know, well, you're like MacGyvering the foot at that point, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but the idea was to bring my 
foot back out into a more neutral position rather than be turned in like it is. And uh, I, I had a number of issues um, along the recovery of that. So my, my foot was in a cast for, I don't know, maybe like two months or something like that, but it was so swollen that the, the incision on the top of my foot didn't fully heal. So when we took the cast off, like I had like an open wound still, which is, you know, crazy to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not ideal, but, but yeah, not ideal, but um, it's one of those things where it wasn't a guaranteed result, but a lot of people had had success with it. So, mm. you know, we made the best decision we could. Yeah with the best information we had at the time. Yeah, that's tough. Um, it sounds like you made the right call. It just, you know, doesn't yeah, always it work. It just didn't work out. But yeah. Um, but as a result, like I can't run anymore. Not that I necessarily miss it, but uh, <laughs> you know, the option is nice. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't walk on hard surfaces without it being really painful. So like, if I'm like just going from my room to the garage to do laundry or something, I'll just like throw one shoe on. Cause like mm. boom, boom, real quick. Right. Um, uh, and just uh, all kinds of other, uh, pain, you know, pain issues caused, caused by it. Like the, the top of my foot is pretty sensitive just cause of the, that incision was so, um, uh, didn't heal correctly, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it just, you know, if I could take it back, I would, but that's not how it is. So, yeah. So as you said, now it's just adapting to, to, uh, to how things are. Yeah. Do you have any anger or resentment towards those doctors? Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't know if, uh, I don't know the quality at which the surgery was done. Hmm. So maybe like, I didn't have someone that was good or maybe I did, I, you know, I, um, I don't know, knowing my, myself and my parents, I, I have to imagine that we, um, felt confident in the, like the ability of those that, who were performing it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, anything that felt odd would have been, you know, probably, uh, looked at a lot sure. more closely. Sure. So, absolutely. so yeah, I wouldn't say that I, I'm, upset because I, I don't have a reason to be, it's just for whatever reason, it didn't, you know, work out for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this is again, your superpower, your ability to <laughs> look at things with cold rationality and, and make choices for yourself that benefit you where I think a lot of us, myself included are prone to irrational anger and are, or an inability to, um, you know, I don't know what I'm saying, but I, I think a well, lot of people would be mad is what I'm saying. I think a lot of well, people would be mad. But, but, you know, in a case like yours where it's been a lifelong struggle to figure out just what is even yeah. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Like I can't imagine the frustration with that because it's like, I know something's wrong. I don't know what it is. Therefore I don't know how to attack it or mitigate issues or anything like that. And, you know, like you said, you're getting different diagnoses, over the course of your lifetime, which is now affecting you economically because of insurance companies being, you know, <laughs> completely worthless. And it's, but you still don't know the underlying why, you know, yeah. and that's that I could see as being uh, an incredible source of frustration. And I'm sure that my disposition on all that kind of stuff would completely change. You know, hmm. I at least know what's going on as frustrating as it can be. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, that's that's at least um, I don't know if you call it an advantage. I guess an advantage that I would have is that I can at yeah, least kind of make a plan. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, and I can't plan. Right. And the weird thing right. with me is like, um, I I always say like I'm crossing my fingers every time we look for a disease. It's right. Like, Please tell me I have this disease. Right. Yeah. Um, but then I I know that like the day they tell me I'll be horrified. <laughs> you know. Right. Like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh my god, I have what? Um, right. And. and <laughs> So they, it's not like there's a better, I mean, you know, we're not in competition, obviously. Oh, no, and no, It's no. like everyone's experience is just different. And I feel like, um, like I'm learning so much from talking to you about what you're going through. And there's things that you're saying that are similar to things that I have felt or experienced that, or things that aren't that I'm learning from and can take from. So I feel like the more we talk about it, um, no matter what it is, you know, that seems to really help me personally like i i've been feeling very at ease about my mystery illness this week because i feel i have felt seen for the first time in years because i kind of hide it you know like i partially on purpose and partially not like i'm not going to go out to a party on a bad day because i can't and i also don't want to be seen like spasming like crazy and not being able to speak and like having my arms do crazy things that I'm not in control of, you know, I don't want other people to see that. Um, so, so because of that, like most people that I know haven't seen it, don't know what's going on. And then my girlfriend and I are just like behind closed doors dealing with it to the best of our ability. And it can be become overwhelming in its solitude. So to like open up about it has been very, very calming, like very, very nice. And that's like, you know, I hope that's, helpful for everyone who comes on this show as well to have that opportunity. I have to imagine it would be like, I think if anything, the major benefit of something like a podcast like this is just the community that people will find in it. I, I hope like so. the, yeah. the catharsis of, of being able to hear about other people's experiences and be like, yeah, that's, that's me. Right. Or, yeah. or is partially me or I never thought about it that way or, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. And so how rare is your, is your condition? Um, so I do know that it is the most common form of muscular dystrophy. Uh, and the last number I heard, it was like one in 125,000 people or something like that. But wow. I, uh, that was, you know, probably 15 years ago that I was like looking at the stats or whatever. So yeah, I'm not sure where it would be now. And I'm sure that, you know, as, uh, testing gets better and just general medical knowledge gets better that we're finding more people. Mm. We're figuring more stuff out. So maybe the number's higher, hopefully not, but, um, but yeah, it's, so it's, I guess it's, it's that common, but you know, I've, I've only met one other person like out in the wild, so to speak, uh, that also had what I had. Wow. And it was, it was really interesting. Um, one, because uh, it was a woman and it's just a, there's multiple different types that you can have. And so I, you know, I've only known it as like a male disease, I guess. Hmm. Um, and hers was uh, different from mine. She had different symptoms, but it was the same disease. And so uh, it was just very interesting to talk to her about it and uh, kind of, you know, relate. Yeah, absolutely. That can be really powerful. Is it, is it in some ways, I mean, I know you wouldn't wish it on anyone, but is it helpful that your brother has this also? So you two can share and talk about it and have and support each other. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously having someone that knows what it's like is, uh, you know, a, a benefit in any, in any way, uh, ultimately. So because he's a, you know, a, a physical therapist and has all of the, you know, medical training and knowledge to be able to like really understand what's going on yeah. uh, from a, a, a physical uh, perspective, you know? Yeah. Well, Brad, if you're listening, I'd love to talk to you also. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm sure uh, I'll, I'll let him, um, I'll let him know. Cause yeah. I, yeah, I, I'd be curious to, uh, to see like, you know, if you guys had that conversation, like what his um, perspective is on it. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, and uh, like I said, his, uh, my sister-in-law, his wife uh, is a physical therapist as well. And, you know, they, um, them and I would say, and my, my mom, like or my parents, uh, you know, are certainly like the biggest advocators for me, like, like make your appointments. We have to talk to these people and da, 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 you know, because like, you know, I know that all these people only want ultimately what's best for me. Right. Yeah. So, sure. um, but it does very much help that both her and Brad are, um, have that medical training and expertise to be able to, to know exactly what's happening and, yeah to try and, you know, come up with plans to, to help out. So. Absolutely. So is there a way to, you know, you mentioned your brother is married. Can they do genetic testing to find out if they would pass this on if they were to have kids? So I know that um, because of the, the type that we have, that we would pass it on to a daughter, but not a son. Oh, wow. So it's on our, cause it's on our X chromosome. It's a, a sex linked oh. Uh, chromosome so um so in a way i kind of i view that as like a social responsibility to not pass it on you know interesting so it, cer- it certainly impacted um my thinking about like whether or not i would want to have kids yeah um uh they just had um a son and uh you know did did certain testing to make sure that they would have um, a child that would, was not, would not have the disease. Wow. Um, but you know, that's incredible that that's possible. It's yeah. Yeah. But it's also very expensive, right? So it's sure. like, here's this further expense that, that people with, you know, disabilities or chronic illness or whatever ha- have to incur simply for having it, you know? Yeah. I think that's kind of going back to the frustration part like that's the thing that makes me the most frustrated i think is like like yeah things suck having it i'm gonna make the best of it i can but like don't make it more expensive for me like yeah you know it's <laughs> don't make it unreachably expensive to be in right. less pain right right yeah at a time you know i was i was buying like a new pair of shoes like every three weeks just because of the way that i, I was kind of wearing them in wow because i would i would get to a point where I would, I would step and kind of have this like slide and then I, my ankle would roll over once I, I had worn them in enough. So it's like, okay, it's time for a new pair of shoes. Yeah. Cause you so need the support. Like, yeah. So that's like six, seven, $800 a year just on shoes. Wow. You know, that, that like the, like someone else probably doesn't have, like they can, you know, yeah. wear the same Nikes around for like eight months. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so, have you thought about you know, I want you to get this bracing thing. Well, tell me more about the bracing thing, but have you thought about like doing a crowdfunding? If you decide to do it, let me know. And I'll put a link in this podcast. Cause like, if anyone's listening that wants to help, I feel like, uh, 
when when the system is failing, we have to support each other. And this is a great right. example. And I know right. how hard it is to ask for um, financial help from anyone, but is that something that's crossed your mind? You know, I haven't really thought of it um, that way. I guess I've always kind of been like on the, not to uh, insinuate that anyone that would ask isn't independent, but I guess I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm always kind of approaching it like this is my, you know, burden. So I'm, I need to take care of it myself, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so, no, I haven't really thought of about a, a crowdfunding thing, but the, but yeah, the bracing would be, um, you know, uh, it's kind of like the only solution that I know of now that would put me, you know, like I said, in a, um, in a neutral stance, but ultimately would help to uh, prevent further injury or, um, you know, further stress on like all these tendons and ligaments and things like that, that aren't meant to be um, stretched and, and, um, you know, have weight put on them like, like I am. Yeah. What's, what's the physical mechanism of the brace? um, Like, like, like what's it made out of kind of thing? Well, you said that it would, um, it would straighten your foot. Oh yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So it's a, so it's an AFO. So it's like a, it's like a, a piece that your foot sits in and then there's a, a hard piece on the back that like, kind of goes up your calf and, um, and has like a, a, a hoop around the front, uh, maybe like mid shin, I, I guess, but it's, you know, um, shaped in a way that when my foot is in it, um, my foot is physically put into like a neutral stance or a mm. neutral position. Right. Yeah. So that when I walk, I don't have the option of turning over on that outside of it anymore. Yeah. It's like, it, it will always be in a position to be uh, weight bearing correctly. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Have you, so, so you obviously you're in pain. Have you tried medications or supplements or anything to help with that pain? I, I haven't. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I don't really have necessarily like a good reason why I, I do remember when I had the surgery, I was on like a ton of Vicodin for a few weeks, um, you know, in recovery and I got down to like a hundred pounds, which is just like, oh, wow. not good for anybody. You yeah. Know? Um, so it's like me 50 pounds lighter than I am now. It's like, you know, I, t- I tell people that and, and I'm already kind of like slim build and they're like, ugh. You know, that's (laughs) like, yeah, that they just can't imagine it. But, um, but that didn't, that didn't seem to help for any sort of pain through the recovery. Um, But even when I'm having like a really bad day, like I don't, I don't necessarily think to take like Advil, Tylenol, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've, I've thought about like looking into like CBD type stuff, but I just haven't, I haven't really explored it enough to, um, to have any sort of informed perspective on it. But, you know, the people that I know that have used it um, have had great results. Uh, and so it's certainly, you know, I'm, I'm very pro um, anything that like occurs naturally in the world. You know, it's, it's a plant. It's not like a synthesized opiate of some sort, you mm-hmm. know. So I think that would be a, probably a much better option uh, yeah. than, than I, like a, I'm an, a I'm counter a, drug. I'm a CBD user. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with any anything, I you know, I'm still assuming that my pain is neurologically based. Right. Um, it's really hard to treat neurological pain because 
your brain is like sending the wrong signals. Right. So how do you like stop those signals from going? Um, and just the way that a lot of pain medications work, it doesn't seem to help. Um, I do. I have had the best luck with THC and CBD. Um, and it's not like I will be out of pain, but it will lessen the severity. And sometimes it will help with the feeling that I can't get my um, signals from my brain to my body. It seems to help build like temporary connections. Um, and that's why I, that's why I use it a lot is because I feel like it, I feel like it might be helping me keep connections open that would otherwise have closed off. I, that's my guess. I have absolutely no scientific data to back that up. Um, besides just my own experience of like, this is what I've tried and this is what has worked. I know that if I go off for a long period of time, my symptoms seem to start getting worse and worse. Um, maybe just because I'm not giving myself any relief and your brain just starts to like kind of dig into these, um, to whatever, you know, pathways it is building. Um, for me personally, a one-to-one ratio of THC to CBD has been really helpful in um, either smoked or in a vape pen or something like that, or um, edibles have been really helpful as well, but there is diminishing returns. So if I do it the same thing every day, it stops working. I have to like keep my body guessing. Um, I find with edibles, just like five milligrams, um, is great. You don't need any more than that. And then I actually find that with edibles, I, sometimes I'll try that one-to-one ratio. Sometimes I'll just do THC. I find pure CBD does not help me. I, 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 a lot of people have said this, that you need like THC to activate the CBD. I should be clear. THC is the psychoactive, um, part of marijuana for anyone who's not, you know, not into drugs. <laughs> um, and CBD is non-psychoactive and it is being researched a lot right now for its anti-inflammatory properties. But still, a lot is not known. You know, experiment at your own risk. Um, I live in a state where weed is legal and I've done a lot of experimentation and it has really helped. And also, like, sometimes it doesn't help with my pain at all. And on my days where I'm stuck on the couch and I can't move and I'm miserable because I want to do something and I can't, Sometimes getting high and watching TV feels better, you know, and I'm right. trying to keep myself in, in as much positive feelings as possible. So sometimes just giving myself permission to indulge in something that will make me feel better can really help. Um, you know, obviously there are, obviously there are risks with anything and, you know, you got to do research and like be informed and be careful and don't, um, I, the the danger I think is that you start to do more and more and then it stops working and then you're kind of back to where you were before except now you're sad because this thing that was working is no longer working. So my number one recommendation with um with anyone out there who wants to experiment with um THC products, CBD products is use as little as you can. You know, really really like dose it out in as small as, of doses as you can and switch it up. You know, try different things, don't get stuck on one thing. Um I try to go as long as I can without, and some days I don't need it at all, and I feel really happy about that. Um, but if I, if like my brain body connection feels like it's breaking down, I will pull out the vape pen or um, eat a weed candy. Or if my pain, my body pain level starts to rise, that's when I'll jump into it. And um, it's it's the only thing that I have tried that has been helpful. I've used you know Vicodin. I've I've been given prescriptions in the past for Ativan and Tramadol. At one point, I was taking both of those together. And I was just like so stoned out of my mind that I didn't really know what was going on. And sure, I felt a little better, but not in a way where I was functional at all. Um, 
and tramadol used to actually work really well for me for for the pain but as i as my whatever it is has progressed um i don't really see any benefit from it anymore or from you know a- any narcotics really um so yeah so like prescription narcotics i should say or opiates or anything like that um is that the right word narcotics for for I mean, but, they are opiates. I, yeah. I don't know uh, if it's if narco- if narcotics yeah. means that it, they're uh, illegal or not. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know stuff. Tramadol is a synthetic opiate, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's that's my spiel on weed. I you know, um, and I know that you're not someone that like I you ne- like don't drink, and I don't know about now, but back in the day, you were like never drinking, and um, not someone that was like ever taking substances for the fun of it. Um, but, and, but I, it might be worthwhile, you know, to try it out. Cause like weed is yeah. legal in California now. So. Yeah. Well, worthwhile. and like I said, I've, I, I have been interested in, in CBD just to, yeah. just to see what, if anything, uh, the effects would be, if it'd be helpful, that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, like I'll have like a cocktail every now and then, but I, but yeah, I, I mostly don't drink. It's kind of like, Cause I don't want to possibly injure myself. Cause it's like my balance and my gait are oh, already so yeah. like, interesting, you know, so out of whack, it's like, yeah, you know, that makes a lot I don't sense. want to be like three drinks deep. And then like, you know, I face plant into the counter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's so interesting. You've never told me that before. That's, yeah. that's smart. I don't drink anymore at all just because, because I don't know what's going on. Right. I don't want to take the risk. And also it like makes me feel like horrible. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to, I used to drink for fun and I used to play, you know, when I was playing in Mugatu, this band up here in Seattle, I was drinking yeah. a lot and playing shows and having the time of my life. Um, so it's not that I'm against it or anything. It's just that once my body flared up, it just didn't do the same thing anymore. That's the thing about weed is like when I am having a flare up, uh, my brain doesn't work normally and I can't think straight. And sometimes weed will actually make me think better and I'll feel more normal. It's like if I'm if I feel normal and I use weed, I'll feel high. But if I feel below normal and I use weed, I'll come up closer to normal, um, which is which is great. So, you know, yeah, it's 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 complicated, but I, I think it's it can be a useful tool for sure. Yeah, well, I feel like they're just for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I don't know why it's been so demonized as it has uh, yeah. when there's like so many obvious beneficial, uh, you know outcomes properties whatever you want to say from yeah. it um you know no one got used weed and then went into a, a bar and started fighting people you know what i mean it's like <laughs> um but yeah like like you said I, i'm curious to know like from on from a neurological perspective like what what uh what is happening you know you like the at least as, as far as i know the kind of like the initial people that were trying out cbd in Colorado, they were giving it to, you know, a, a young girl who was having like incredible seizures. Yeah. Um, and the only time that she stopped seizing is when they had had her on the uh, the CBD. And it's like, yeah, I've heard that for, too. Stuff, for stuff like that. It's like if you can give like a kid their life back, like absolutely. You know, why is this still federally like a class one? I know it's crazy. You know, drug. <laughs> and what I heard about ridiculous. that is like really, really large amounts of cbd and like little to no thc I mean, it's different for like different diseases obviously yeah. Um, yeah yeah so do your research but it seems like there's a lot of promising stuff happening with it yeah i would I, yeah i feel like um the market is just going to keep expanding you yeah know? so you haven't dived into any medications or anything but is there anything that you do 
that helps when you're in a lot of pain or if someone else has this condition that is looking for something to help them feel better? Is there anything uh, you can recommend? So I've started um, kind of in preparation to put myself in a better position to be a better recipient of the braces. Um, you know, should I go that route? I've been doing, starting to do a lot of stretching. Um, and because like, as, as I get older, like my, I'm losing more and more range of motion in that foot. It's just kind of like getting like locked into that position. So um, I've been doing a lot of uh, um, my girlfriend helps me like massage out like scar tissue on my foot to try and like break that up because mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I just put one of those braces on today and try to walk around, it'd be excruciatingly painful because my foot is, is now being stretched and is bearing weight when it hasn't been stretched and, and had weight on it in that position before Yeah. or in, in, uh, decades at this point. Right. Um, and you know, when I'm stretching, I'm, I'm definitely like feeling and waking up muscles that haven't been used in a long time. It's like, oh yeah, there is a hamstring back there. Um, I can feel it now, you know, <laughs> um, because just the way that I, I am now, I'm not, I'm not using it, but, uh, but yeah, at least for, at least for what I have, it's just a, a lot of stretching um, and kind of like weight bearing exercises are kind of the only things that I can do that would um, help, uh, you know, with, with regular day to day movement, mobility, that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So have you been able to find, I, have you looked for resources out there of people going through similar things, or is this one of those things that's so rare there's not much out there? I, you know, I think there's a um, there's a Facebook group out there that my mom is a part of. Uh, I should join, but I I haven't. But I I do know that they're you know they've got like support websites and um, they put out a a magazine every like quarter or something like that. Um, and that's where uh, I want to say my mom found the guy that does the bracing mm. and it turns out that he's in San Diego locally. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Up in Carlsbad. So, um, but you know, he, he travels internationally to, to fit people for, wow. For braces and stuff. So, so it seems like it's pretty legit. Um, just also has a legit price tag. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I said, if, I mean, if, when this episode comes out or even if any point in the future, you decide to run crowdfunding, I will absolutely, promote the hell out of that on this show sure. or anywhere that I can. <laughs> well, th- I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Brandon, this has been really, really great. I mean, it's great to catch up cause it's been a while, but also like, you know, we've never had this discussion. Like we've talked about this a little bit over Mexican yeah. food after band practice right. at La Posta. Right. I miss you La Posta. Oh, it's so good. Carlos um, is still there. Carlos, I, I, I love Carlos. Whenever I, I go in, I, I tell him that you say hi, even though we haven't talked yes, in forever. Please, I do absolutely say hi. Yeah. Um, there were, at La Posta, I, we like gave them some of our music and they were like playing it. And uh, he, I would go <laughs> in every now and then, like, you know, this is years and years, like this yeah. is after you had moved yeah. uh, out of state and everything. And I go in and I'd be like, that's Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'd like play my music. It's the only place in the world where like I have walked in and was treated like a celebrity. Like years after right. I moved, um, <laughs> you know, obviously like my parents don't live in San Diego anymore, so I don't go down anymore. But when right. I used to go down to visit, that was my first stop after getting off the airplane. And there was like a couple times where like I got like the celebrities welcome. And it just, yeah. also by far the best Mexican food. It's so good. I love it so it's much. It's great. I, 
I my would favorite, say my favorite. It least. is it is certainly my favorite horchata in all of San Diego. Yeah, because they make they. It's not like a powder that they just add you know water to or whatever. Like they make it fresh from like all the different ingredients. Yeah. I was uh, just every like, day. Oh, their salsa, incredible. Their salsa is great. So their good. Are great. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I, miss I recommend it. the whole menu. Yeah, I want like I need to go back and visit San Diego just to go say hi, hi to Carlos and get some yeah. pasta in my body. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but this has been just like so so informative too and i i just really appreciate you sharing and your outlook is so is so like strong you know and i i really respect that and i really really appreciate you being here well thanks for uh having me on like i said i think this is going to be a great um resource for a lot of people who even if they just want to hear about someone else talking about something that they experience yeah um but but people that are looking for you know direction is for help maybe this will give them ideas as where to go or i hope so things to try and yeah and uh yeah like we were saying like you know it's it's almost frightening how many people actually do have these issues and yeah uh the only way to figure that out is to to talk about it right so absolutely so i think i think this is going to be a great resource for a lot of people i yeah i appreciate that and i really i really share that hope do you have anything that you want to plug or uh you know do you want people to be able to get in touch with you or anything like that um well if people are curious as far as like music stuff i'm doing these days the the band is called hawk auburn and it's on spotify uh all the releases on there are not me playing drums on it but i did record them all so you know (laughs) so uh i'm you know the the fifth member of the band sort of thing but um but other than that no uh just uh be good to each other yeah fantastic brandon thank you so much for being here i really appreciate it Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com.